0: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Stravacraft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Stravacraft Coffee. I'm your host Drew Kreisman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me as always is beat writer Patrick Lyons and joining us for this one from MLB Network Radio at hunter riser probably not the at on your on your full name i don't think it's probably on the birth certificate there but thanks for joining us man how you doing doing pretty good thanks for having me
1: yeah so, so hunter I, i've yeah. uh you know long been a fan of your work over there uh with at power alley on mlb network radio with uh mike farren and you know last week was kind of the, the pinnacle of it all because arenado got traded and they were they were riding you pretty hard weren't they
2: it was a tough week i mean it was uh it's it's bad yeah. enough when one of uh the players from you know your favorite team gets traded but then made worse when the deal is as bad as that one was um so yeah they uh i mean they say it like it is so i mean i, I was good for it as i said i have decided that uh the Nuggets and Avalanche uh, will be getting some business, as uh, not so much the Rockies.
1: And you've got an interesting perspective too on on that show on Power Alley again, Mike Farron, who uh, has been with the Diamondbacks for a while, and Jim Duquette, a former general manager. You know, they they're they're hitting you from both sides. They got the NOS perspective, they got the general manager's perspective. You know, what what were your thoughts on on that deal for a guy who who? You know, works in national radio, but but still has his heart in Colorado. What, what were your thoughts on that, on the Arenado trade when it went down?
2: Yeah, I mean, when it first happened, I think all of us were shocked. I was of the opinion that the Rockies would not trade him. Um, I didn't think that they'd be able to get enough for him. I also feel like better deals get made for bats uh, at the trade deadline. So I was of the opinion that if things got worse that they would trade uh, nolan sometime between now and the trade deadline but when it happened i mean it was shocking and uh you look for the return obviously and i think i um had had more of a perspective of i didn't feel like the rockies were going to get a package of three of the top ten guys from the Cardinals, that's just not what happens. I mean, if you look at the deals that were made this winter, Francisco Lindor trade, uh, Blake Snell trade, both of those guys are elite players. I mean, Francisco Lindor could argue is close to, if not the same caliber as Nolan at shortstop as Nolan is at third. And when you see those deals and what the return is, as a fan, you're likely to feel underwhelmed. And looking back at other deals that the Cardinals have made, I mean, you just have to go back to the uh, Goldschmidt deal three years ago, I guess, at this point, to see what the Cardinals gave up to to get, you know, one of, at that time, he was easily top five, first baseman, maybe even top three. And Zach Gallen was the, um, you know, in that deal, the big piece of that deal with Carson Kelly and some guys like that so i mean knowing that that as the backdrop you had to figure that it was not going to be matthew liver you know nolan gorman guys like that you weren't going to get five of those guys or something but you were hoping for more (laughs) i mean i don't (laughs) think there's any doubt that you were hoping for more than than what the rockies got and that was the biggest disappointment and then see that they paid basically to get rid of their best player, a Hall of Fame player. I mean, it just compounded everything. And then, I mean, as, as it slowly progresses, you have a press conference, and, you know, I think you guys probably have talked about the Rockies aren't aren't a team that's going to contend. And if you look at any sort of projection, the fan projections came out today, the Rockies have a – 0.2% chance of making the playoffs. That's not 2% even. It's so you're saying there's a chance.
1: You're saying <laughs> there's, there's a 20, chance.
2: That's right. The Orioles 10, did have zero, zero, I saw. Yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. Orioles had straight up zero. Yeah, so they run 10,000 simulations. The Orioles never got in the playoffs. The Rockies clearly got in a few wow. of them. So, um, you know, that's where... It, so to say that this is a team that's contending doesn't feel, you know, like you're you're shooting your fans straight, I guess, a little bit, um, and when you compare the rosters, even in the division, they don't match up. I think anybody can see that when you when you look at it, and that's sad because you know this is one of the better Rockies pitching staff that they've ever had. I would say. I mean, I think that it's up there with the oh4 you know World Series staff as far as. What, what they can throw out there. And Herman Marquez is a really, really good pitcher. You know, Cal Freeland had a good year. So the hope was that you would have been able to build on that, which is what Nolan signed up for. So that's, uh, that's where, you know, the disappointment came from. So, you know, now we move forward. I guess the other part, too, that I would say is that, you know, when that trade happens, you immediately are thinking, you know, what's the next step or are, are, how far are we now from being able to contend? And they didn't even get – any prospects in the deal that you think are probably going to be major contributors. You look at, you know, Mookie Betts and while the Red Sox basically got one player in that deal, he's an everyday player for that team now. And the Rockies in this deal for as good of a player. I mean, I'm interested to see what Gomber does, but they didn't get anybody of Alex dugos Quality and then also I would I would just say like to see some of the deals that have gone down over the last couple of days. Alex Cobb was traded, and the prospect and the Orioles, you know, paid some of that money too. The Orioles got a better prospect by most evaluations than any of the prospects the Rockies got. So I mean, that's disappointing. That's where we are. So
1: yeah, we we've got we've got to give these guys some some room to breathe. You're right, but when you look at top 100 list, they they've been. Um, a little disappointing, as you said, when you make all those comparisons to other great players that have been traded this offseason, last offseason. To go back a step, you know, you, you did reference some of those great pitching staffs uh, uh, in, in 2007 and whatnot, just to to take some people back. you know, uh, Again, you work for MLB Network Radio. You're on the East Coast now. But take us back to where it all started. You are from Colorado.
2: Yeah. I was born and raised south of Denver. I went to Cherry Creek High School um we Re- won't hold that it's, it's, fine. Too much. it's <laughs> fine much it's okay i mean you know Brad Lidge and i work together still we're pretty much the same so right, right. Um, but yeah I, I born and raised in denver i actually worked at the fan um for eight years uh worked at what was 1023 the ticket it didn't last uh, for two years is all um but yeah I, uh, spent many years working in Denver radio. Uh, if, if you ever heard me, I mostly went under the name of Patch Adams back in the day. Um, Dr. Hunter, patch Adams is uh, christened by Dan Jacobs. Um, so yeah, that's I have plenty of years in the clubhouse at Coors field and locker rooms at Pepsi and all those are all, in
1: I guess so. And you and you got a you got a little throwback shirt there. What is, what is that Dinger tee you've got on? That's that's something you busted out of the closet, it's fantastic. especially for us. Right, and we appreciate that. What is that?
2: I uh, I think among Rockies fans, I'm in the minority of fans of Dinger, but I was at Dinger's birth at Old Mile High, so I hey. remain I I love Dinger. My uh, Twitter avatar is Dinger. My LinkedIn picture is me and Dinger. I, I'm I'm a Dinger guy.
1: I'm I'm big on Dinger, and so is Ryan Spielborgs. So at least that makes three hardcore Dinger fans. i was
0: gonna say there are three fans of Dinger.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. At least at least over the age of fifteen, I'll we'll say it like that. Right. If you're under fifteen, uh, well, he's
2: terrifying the children. So I mean, I don't think yeah. there's any under anyway. So
0: he he, <laughs> he, he very much is. Uh, so. Uh, Hunter, since you were kind of walking up to it and we got the question here from Liam, what do you think and or hope happens with Trevor's story at this point? Are you, because it it does seem like now there's this kind of two directional path for for most Rockies fans, blow it all up, burn it all down, trade Trevor's story, John Gray, Herman Marquez, get what you can build toward the Zach Veen era, I guess we would say, or the other era that goes, you know, I I don't want to be bad for the next three or four years. Uh, maybe if they can extend story, maybe even if they can extend story, you can build around this next group. You you mentioned the pitching staff; keep those guys together. Don't so. Where are you at with all of that, or or you know, particularly starting with Trevor Story, though? Yeah, I mean. I
2: do think that's probably the toughest question. I think I've started to come around to the side of trading Trevor. Um, I w- I think I would probably argue that I think the Rockies are, are the furthest team from contending in Major League Baseball. Um, I would put them behind the Pirates as far as, you know, building towards the future and even like looking at uh, Keith Law put out his uh, – farm system ratings this week, he has the the Pirates, I think at 16 or 17 and the Rockies at 21. So, I mean, yes, the Rockies are better than the Pirates this year, but in the future, you can make the argument the Pirates are going to be better or, or have a better farm system to build from. So I think that probably at this point, building the farm system is probably something that needs to get done. I don't believe that Trevor will sign. I think that that's kind of a crazy idea. Number one, he's going to be likely the top or, you know, the the second best free agent available next winter. So, I mean, he's going to get a lot of money. And for him, it's worth it to take it to that. So, do you think the Rockies will be able to contend in that height of the market? You know, when that happens, I don't think so. So, they're likely to lose him. So, as I, the other part that's hard about saying, you know, trade Trevor is look at what they've got, you know, just for an Arenado. So, you know, what gives you confidence that they're going to be able to get what would be a overwhelming return for Trevor? Like I said, I, if it was me, I think you, you get more at the trade deadline. So maybe ride it out until then as well and see, you know, most guys don't, don't like to, um, Negotiate during the season, but there is a possibility that he does and he signs. But I think the other thing about that is, if he signs, you know, we're basically in a Nolan spot again, where they feel like the the payroll is too high, quickly because you're paying, you're going to be paying Blackman thirty one million dollars next year. You have John Gray as a free agent as well. So, you know, at some point, it's about the dollars that they feel willing to spend. And I think that they probably are not going to choose to go over the number that they're at about right now, which, you know, only leaves you so much flexibility going forward if you sign Trevor for, you know, it's, it's, the number is over $30 million for him. So.
1: Yeah. There's a bit of a, you know, damned if you do damned, if you don't scenario where again, you can, you can see a way that, you know, dealing Trevor story and, You know, seeing what you can get for him, whether it's now or at the trade deadline, how that could play out really well and help you know start the jumpstart, really uh, the rebuilding process. But at the same time, you go, do you trust this front office to be the ones to get the most for it? And yeah, obviously, it's not very sexy to just let them you know go to free agency and assuming that in the next CBA there's still a qualifying offer. If there is, all right, you you get maybe get a, a. you know, a 30 second round, a 30 second round, a 30 second overall pick. And, and hey, that's great, but you'd like your odds. You would think you'd like your odds at, at turning that, uh, instead of going to 30 second overall pick, you can turn that over for something a little bit sooner than that. And, and, but maybe that's what the Rockies want to do. Maybe if the Rockies realize that their window uh, of potential relevance again, isn't going to be until three, four years down the line. If so, then you know what? Write it out, whichever story. Enjoy it. If someone knocks your socks off at the trade deadline, take it. If not, let them go to a free agency, and, and you get whatever uh, compensation you can get for them. Because you know what, bottom line is you you don't need any double A AA or triple A prospects right now because you know you're just going to waste those guys' service time going forward. It's again, it's this whole idea of you know you got Ryan McMahon and, and Sam Hilliard and you know Garrett Hampson, a few other guys that you say, hey, maybe these guys will. You know, be something, but by the time that they figure it out, they could be approaching free agency. By the time there's a certain amount of relevance, so it's a real catch twenty two that the Rockies find themselves in. That really is is unlike you know any other organization besides Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh seems to be in this rut perpetually. They can't figure it out. Whereas some other teams, like the, even the Orioles, there's some hope there that maybe not this year. As you said, they're at. Zero point zero percent of making the postseason, but there's some hope with you know Adley Rutschman and DL Hall, Grayson Rodriguez, a lot of these young prospects for the Orioles, and you know because you're 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 in that DC area, so I think there's some there's some positivity right now in Baltimore, wouldn't you say for for maybe the next couple years where they might be able to figure some things out?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that even the Pirates, you know, being under the leadership of Ben Jarrington, I mean that i i have liked the moves that he's made i to me they make they made sense so i mean you know starting with that and then the orioles as well i mean being they they have michael Elias in the front office there who mm-hmm. you know is is a guy that that has people excited out here and like you said Rutschman is is was the number one overall pick there's no you know <laughs> arguing the potential there so i mean for the rockies they have to start to figure out look towards like When's their next window? When's their window of contention coming up? And you know, you have the Dodgers out there, and now the Padres. This winter, I mean, that window got further away. I mean, the Padres this year aren't even going to have Mike Clevenger. You know, so like, they they have built this window with Fernando Tatis there that that's going to be open for a long time. And the Dodgers are have the pipeline of all pipelines where you know they just keep finding guys and. That's something where the Rockies, I think, need to start to do a better job if they're going to be contending with those teams. The Dodgers have an unlimited budget. The Dodgers have eight pitchers right now who make more than the top pitcher for the Rockies. They all make more than $8 million. That Those eight guys is more than the Rockies' payroll combined. So like, that's that's what you're up against. And so you have to build a monster that is a farm system that can generate those guys and the Padres have done it. I mean, the Padres trade guys and still are one of the top, you know, systems in baseball. So, that those are the things you have to start to do for the Rockies. Like that's that's the mountain. That's the mountain that you're you're climbing. So,
0: Well, I made it back. <laughs> I had some some tricky internet situation there for a while and uh, I'll tell you what though this may seem like an odd transition I promise you it's a good one because you, first of all you definitely want to make sure your internet is nice and secure but then you gotta check out our friends at ZoomCare. Some of this talk about the Rockies might be making you feel a little, who and the video care folks using some Zoom so that you can get a little bit of a doctor's visit, check on yourself, but without actually having to go in. You can see, hear, chat with your doctor, just like in a traditional office visit. You get secure access to urgent primary and specialist care, including mental health. Video care is covered by most private insurers, usually with a copay. So visit zoomcare.com to get started. That's z o o m c a r e.com. Nothing better than getting a diagnosis from your doc while sitting in your own living room. And remember that supporting our partners is supporting us. So help them out. Uh, if they see an increase in videos from Colorado, Uh, It really, really helps them out and they will see that. So just going to ZoomCare, giving it a check. If you've been wondering, you need to get something checked out, you don't want to go into the doctor, go to ZoomCare.com. You'll get all the details that you need there. And just make sure that your internet is a little bit better than mine has been today because that would be frustrating for everybody involved.
1: Yeah, The the Zoom is more about it being virtual rather than the speed with which these meetings are because they they take their time with you and, and make sure you get all your questions answered. Uh, and then once you are all set, once you're nice and
0: good, once you're healthy and you, you know that you like you got that blood pressure and, and everything is good to go, time to hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and just start playing with some money, like having a little bit of fun out there, man. Uh, it's, it's sad to see the football, the NFL season, I should say, in the books. Can't be betting on that anymore. Going to turn to UFC a little bit, March Madness right around the corner before we really start getting into the baseball stuff. But UFC uh, 258 coming up, and if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, they will hook you up with a $1 into $100 if you get the chosen title contender to win this weekend on Saturday night. So place your bet, watch the fist fly this weekend, and use code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 for the main event Saturday night for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call
1: 1-800-522-4700. Kumara Usman, that's the guy to go with this Saturday for UFC 258. Well, we got our guy Hunter here. We got spring training coming up next week. Uh, do we? I, I am still <laughs> doubtful. Is that crazy to think? that this this day that we all dream of every winter and it's it's here everything's scheduled i mean I, I think if you were to probably drive down to coors field right now you'd you'd see those large trucks they're loading them up with gear i think maybe um, is it still crazy to have doubt that this is actually going to go down as planned
2: well i mean i think the season is going to go i think that they, they made changes here in the last couple of weeks to the schedule for both Florida and Arizona teams, but, I mean, we're, we're full speed ahead. I, I don't think there's any uh, stopping that train. I, I think that – and luckily for, for all of us <laughs> that, uh, you know, season is just around the corner. And, yeah, I, I think that, you know, spring training is going to – be different. Uh, there are already some sites that are going to, that are selling tickets. Um, you know that the letter from the Cactus League came out a couple weeks ago, but I think that they are going to be having some degree of uh, attendance. I know people who have bought tickets actually in Arizona already. So, I mean, spring training will be here. The pitchers and catchers report on the 17th, or the 13th. I think is the first day. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, but it's Thank just you. around. Yeah, and then yeah, the season. I don't think that there's any delay. Season. I mean, it's hard to make an argument when they had a season last year, and now you have sports going on in the NBA and the NHL, which have fans, which are inside. So it, you know, mm-hmm. it it makes it a tough argument to say that you know the sport of baseball can't be played outside, which you know, is is a safer way anyway. Um, even in Arizona, where you, you know there are teams playing in Glendale, which is where you know the the Cactus League is. So that that to me is it's a tough argument to say that we're not going to start or we're not going to play. So,
1: yeah, Scottsdale, I think where the the Giants play, I think they announced uh, about seven hundred fifty to a thousand, and again right down the street from Salt River Fields where. The Rockies and Diamondbacks train, so you like the odds of of that happening, and yeah, oh man, I I hope you're right, and I I think you will be, but I'm just I don't know, I I can't I can't fully commit. I mean, maybe maybe it'll start up normal, and then something will happen. Drew, am I crazy? Do you still feel a little no, like? I,
0: I think maybe we're just when you see it. Yeah, I it, that's I think part of it. It's just we've been right. through so much, like ostensibly uh, you know, our job is to discuss, cover and analyze baseball games. And that's something we have done exactly 60 times in the last two years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just like, that just doesn't. So I think what, there's a part of us that's just waiting for the other shoe to drop with this thing. And, and, and I hope Hunter's right here and in a way, you know, and then, and then that, that nothing bad become comes of it. You know, there's you mentioned that they're, you know, indoors, but one of the places that they aren't necessarily is directly in these hot spots in Florida and Arizona also. So I'm, I worry about, uh, about that a little bit, but if, you know, and and baseball teams are also big gigantic organisms, right? Like a basketball team and an NBA team is 12 dudes. Like you can fit in, in a limo, right? Like 105 guys, a team are showing up for spring training and, and so, but I hope, I, I, I hope it goes well because we need baseball and, and we need a full season of baseball. Um, we, we, we really do after that 60-game sample and everyone trying to make the best of it. But I, I wonder how many things that we believe were real from the 60-game season that we're about to find out like, nope, that was just a thing that happened that one weird year. You know, um, it's, it's going to be a fascinating season right now. Well, yeah, I mean, one of them was
2: Nolan's performance last year. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, they're limiting the number of guys the teams can have in camp this year to 75. Um, you know, the NFL had games in Glendale, Arizona. They actually even moved another team there. So, I mean, those are bigger organizations even. So, to me, it's it it's going to happen. Um, I actually think the bigger issue is going from 60 games to 162. Yeah, I, mean, I can understand why the players don't want to do fewer games, but the risk of injuries is, to me, is extremely high, and it very means high. That, you know, it's something that that a lot of other teams have done that I would say the Rockies haven't done, which is building depth. And you know, that's an important thing where you're you're probably going to need even more starting pitching than you ever have. I mean, just the risk of injury, the amount of times we're going to be able to go. Um, to me, it, it just, it is putting even more of an emphasis on stuff like that. So that's somewhere that I think the Rockies have, you know, obviously they've done nothing because they've, they have done nothing this winter. Um, and I think it's going to be another area where they're going to have some trouble, um, you know, to be reliant on guys like, Gigi Gonzalez and Derek Rodriguez and Ryan Castellini to be the fill-in guys um you know we've seen a lot of those
0: things before and so did you not hear that they signed Greg Bird today (laughs) did did you not hear the blockbuster that's first signing a place that
1: yeah, that is a signing I, I've actually been waiting for for about two years I now. Was I say, go, a I guess it's years, never yeah. happening, and so that will be really interesting too because he could pair very nicely with Fuentes over there as, as the left handed, you know, component. There there is that shot, but Hunter, yeah, you 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 kind of tease this idea that a lot of teams are are going with six man rotations, and and Padres got six, uh, Dodgers. I don't think they're going to go with an eight man rotation. But if they change their mind, they have the opportunity to do it. Is do you think there'll be as many injuries on the position player side as well? Because we kind of expect it here with the jump up in innings from you know less than a hundred to you know two hundred plus if you're in a five man rotation. So you go six man rotation. But could we see injuries on the position player side as well more than we're you know normally used to uh, seeing because of the longer season?
2: I mean, I think it's it's hard to predict, you know, injuries to position players. It's during an 162-game season, regardless, it's long for just about every guy. And by the end, I mean, it's it's a war of attrition. I mean, you've seen that when the Rockies get to the playoffs or any other team that, you know, you're very much tested, just like in, in, a, in a, every other sport. Like, when you get to the end… It's it's everybody who can stand basically. So I don't necessarily think that it's going to be um, more injuries for for the batters for the position players every day. I mean, I would say that they're going to want. I, I would I would think that they'll be more tired than they were. Now most of them are conditioned to have played in a 162 game season before, but just played only 60. And then you were shut down. Right. So, I mean, going to the 162 is just going to feel like a lot. There's no way it can't. You're adding 100 games. Um, so, you know, in that sense, maybe there'll be more injuries and maybe there'll be, you know, towards the end of the season as guys start to break down. But I mean, these guys are, you know, a million times better athletes than I am. <laughs> and they're training. I'm glad for you didn't throw it. me and in hopefully... on that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to Zoom with you guys. I don't know if uh, you're doing Iron Man's out there, Um, but (laughs) it's going to say this guy a little
0: bit. All right.
2: Well, so I mean, there is there is a likelihood that by the end, you know, that's going to start to pile up. But I just would say, you know, injuries are fluke a lot of time too, and you hit a bag wrong, or you know, you're you're trying to get home on a pop fly or something like that. Like who knows. How they happen. I don't think that you can just say there will be more injuries. i I would say that you could assume that there might be more and that you would want to have depth to try to prevent it and give guys even you no know, more days off. but I don't know that I would say that it's a guarantee
1: that that could be a spot where the Rockies might be at a disadvantage is, again, just being younger. I mean we we see with minor league ball players too all the time where the second half, you know they they take a step back from the progress that they made. Uh, for the first three months of the season and it it just happens they're not used to it as well and with you know the lack of you know certain veteran leadership uh, on the rockies there are obviously you know there are those guys but you know they're certainly outnumbered by uh what what my partner drew here is kind of called them the lost boys because the rockies have a ton of guys that you know they're not prospects but they are players that we don't know what to expect of them yet which which is not a good thing you you kind of want to have maybe a little bit more hopes and you want to have possibly seen a lot more from those guys, but they're going to get an opportunity, which is really nice. But those, those young guys, those lost boys outnumber the veterans. And that could be, you know, a, a disadvantage that the Rockies have over, you know, some other teams. Again, we, we know that they're not necessarily going to contend, but if they're in it, you know, even remotely, depending on how many playoff spots we get this year, man, come August 1st or, or whenever that, that trade deadline might, might be. That's going to be, that's really going to be hard for these guys who've already been grinding away at a hundred games, you know, 40 more than last year and and expecting to do it for two more months. When the September, you know, the, the roster expansion that we're, we've typically been used to this year with the health and safety protocols, much like last year is only going to go up to 28. So they're only gonna have about two more guys being added to the roster. So you're not going to get maybe, you know, the last couple of innings off, you know, if, if you're Trevor story, Hey, you know what, take a breather. You don't need that final at-bat in this game. It's a blowout either way. Rockies are going to, you know, unfortunately be at, at a disadvantage in that, that way.
2: I would say probably. The only thing that I, I might counter with is that while they haven't played as many games, that might also be to some degree a good thing because they have youth on their side. So, so I mean, sure. As a thirty-plus year old, I can tell you that you know you have <laughs> <laughs> it's harder to recover and everything like that. So I mean, that is something that is you know that that will be a helpful right. thing. Yeah, that they, they are a younger team. So yes, they will play fewer games, and they definitely you know will come in having less games on under the belt. But in the end, you could say that that's positive. Um, and they they don't have the wear and tear on their on their legs and their bodies as much as, you know, like a guy, like I don't know, I'm just going to throw a veteran out there who's had some injuries, like Albert Pujols or somebody like that, you know, going from 62 games to 162 games for a guy like that who's battled stuff is probably going to be really tough.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's kind of what I would think. You know, we'll, we'll worry about that problem if and when the young guys are playing enough <laughs> that they actually have kept them in it, I would say. But uh, yeah, I, I could see that going either direction. Either their bodies break down because they're not used to playing the number of games. Or like Hunter said, they're just, they're so young and they're ready to go that, you know, I, I think <clears throat> they could be fine in that regard. Um, it, it, since Patrick brought it up, is there anyone from that group of young players uh, we, we've started calling them the Lost Boys? It's you know kind of led by Brendan Rodgers. He's sort of the symbolic one, right? Where there's there was this ton of potential. He was phenomenal as a minor leaguer. He really just hasn't been healthy or productive yet as a major leaguer. But just over a hundred plate appearances. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys on this roster like that. Maybe not that wide a range of possibilities where it could be nothing could maybe even still have some star potential there. But I think Ryan McMahon's another one of those guys could just not work out for him. Could be one of those star guys, other guys who can maybe be more like role players. I don't know how much you got into the Josh Fuentes mania last year, but is there any of these young guys you're buying stock in uh, that you're particularly going, you know, they're not going to win a lot of games, but I'm really going to enjoy watching that guy. I'm just say Jack Bean, or is that, that not a lot? <laughs> <laughs> Can we can we try to pick no. someone on the major league roster? No, 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 no that's no, one. <laughs> yeah. Someone with
1: facial hair, uh, how I mean... about that? <laughs> or the capacity well, to yes, grow facial uh, hair.
0: Someone who can drink a Breck brew. Someone old enough to have a yeah. Breckenridge beer.
2: Yeah, I mean, Ramel Tapia to me is an interesting guy. He's he's I think he's technically on the older end of, of that scale but um, he he's an interesting player. I mean, he's sort of evolved. He had the breakout year last year, and he's going to be asked, I think, to do a lot this year. Switching to center field most likely is going to be a tough transition for him, and that that might wear him down. It's, it'll be interesting to see where he slots in this lineup, too. Like, when you start to run down how this lineup looks, uh, you know, Ramel Tapia is – near one of the better hitter he's one of the more proven hitters in this lineup for sure so i mean it's it's a tough spot to say you know they, they might be counting on him for a lot and besides trevor and charlie you know tapia might be the next guy um i sort of you know i like man a lot as a player um brendan rogers is interesting as well but i I'm not sure that I'm counting on those guys for very much at all, um, especially for the same period. I think that's a tough sell. I mean, Josh Fuentes, who knows?
1: He,
2: he, to me, might be the biggest wild card on the roster. I mean, the numbers that he put up last year were – they were they were legit. You know, if he, if he had been able to sustain those for a full 162, we'd be, you know, counting him as, you know – one of the next guys to come through for this team but it was 60 games so can you really bank on that that's tough that's that's a hard thing to do so you know that's where i think the the, you know two percent playoff probability is coming in is that i think that it is a really tough sell on any of these guys and that's where we would like to see you know the projections that the uh the twenty and Blake have on these guys to say that they're somehow they were, they're getting only the reports that are in that point, you know, that 0.2% of playoff chance guy that those are the reports they're reading. And so this is we're not seeing them. I did think um, Keith law actually made, made a point too in his reign for the Rockies to say that the Rockies are one of the teams that doesn't really share their data as much as other teams so they're hard for uh prospect evaluators to get you know real good eyes on so that they're possibly underrated more um than than other people and that they play in such extreme environments when they come up you know playing in Albuquerque playing in the League, like stuff like that it's it's hard to read on some of these guys and you know you see that too with the numbers that these guys put up in some cases. And so you can get you know, they can, they can be seen as the next great thing. And the problem has been that all too often they haven't. That would be Brendan Rogers to me. I mean, I don't ever think Ryan McMahon was quite that high as far as, you know, highly touted of a guy as Brendan was. I mean, Brendan was in the top 100s and stuff like that. So I don't think it's fair to necessarily write him off yet, but you can't argue that it's been a struggle for him. So they they have some guys that are interesting, but I think that to say that they have, you know, guys that are going to hit more than 250 and are going to hit more than 20 home runs and, you know, drive in more than, uh, you know, 60 runs or something the to say that they have more than a few of those guys of, of that group. I, I don't think that you would, you, those would be safe bets in my opinion.
1: No matter no matter what you say after this, we'll probably have you back because you're you're a fan of, of Drew's guy, Rymel Tapia. So just that alone probably ensures a second appearance for Hunter somewhere along the way. And and I think maybe maybe the nickname, like like you said, it could be the lost the Lost Boys are who we have to give credit to that zero point two percent. It's not zero, it's point two percent. So Rymel 02 percent. It doesn't doesn't have a great ring to it, but it is something. and it's it's definitely some promise if if Tapia can continue to build, he's he essentially has done that. now he he didn't you know deliver uh, in in his rookie year, or even in that that second kind of rookie season uh, as it would have hoped. But since then, he's been better every year. And you'd have to think a guy at twenty seven years old is is still improving his abilities. so he's he's going to get that opportunity today. I mean pretty much every projection system. Has him at, at batting leadoff, and there's really no one else on, on this team that you could suggest would, you know, do better. We'll, we'll kind of wait and see for the season. But Tappy's going to get that opportunity, and and uh, he very well could be a, a good reason for that
2: 0.2%. Yeah, I actually – I mean, with Tapia, uh, there have been a lot of guys that have given – that the Rockies tried last year hitting in that one spot. So to find that guy – I. I was a big proponent when the the winter started, that I really would have liked to see the Rockies, you know, do something and sign George Springer. To me, George Springer was the epitome of everything that the Rockies should have been looking for. He was a leadoff hitter, he's playoff pedigree, great, you know, in the community, all those things. Like that's what you want from that guy. That's never gonna be Ramel Tappy. I mean, not not the stuff about him not being a great guy or anything. He's a good guy, you know. But George Springer, the player, is that guy and that's not going to be ramel tapia i mean he, he i remember going to one of my first spring trainings and, and my host uh, mike Farron was told me like we have to go watch this ramel tapia because he was sort of this interesting prospect i don't know if you guys remember but his deal was in an oh two count he would crouch all the way down to try to oh, get yeah. on mm-hmm. like
1: that was crouch. his deal
2: and that that yeah and it was exactly it was known and like he, he wasn't really known for anything else, but everybody wanted to sort of go see Tapia to be there. And he's evolved from there. And he's, you know, he's no longer just this sort of fluky guy that you want to go see because he crouches down and, you know, when he's got two strikes on him. But he's he's probably a fourth outfielder on even, you know, a, a average to good team. I don't know that he's a, he's a starting out. He would start for most good teams, I would say. Um, just trying to think about the rest of the league. Like if you put him in the Dodgers outfield, he's behind, you know, a few guys. <laughs> so like, they could Let's
1: be honest, the Dodgers <laughs> yeah, right can't now can't afford. afford like well, Really breaks the bank yes, at this the point. point.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, maybe he hits
0: on that point two percent. I mean, that that could be. So Ramel Tapi is gonna win a batting title. I'm telling you. He's going to win a batting title in Major League Baseball. I don't know. I know they don't mean what don't, they what they used to, but yeah. I don't think you should go to Raf with that. I'm just gonna put that out there. Oh the plug, that's though. that's gotta be huge odds. The the plus on that's, that's gotta true. Be the payout. Not, I got to, I gotta barely put in any money. The Rockies have had a batting
1: champion, champion in twenty yeah. nine of twenty-eight seasons.
0: National League. I think, I think that's that's
1: right. a lock. So somebody, it's, someone's going to give you to pay you out pretty nicely. It's true. Yeah.
0: Contact, baby. Making I don't that think, contact. I don't think it's. I don't think the next one is Tapio.
1: Yeah, but I who, who, from that group maybe do you think could next. win a a batting title? Is, is is it Brendan Rogers? Obviously, we haven't seen it yet. But you like his ability to you know maybe put the ball in play a little bit better. Tapio you know, did have the highest batting average last year in the Rockies. So. I, th- I think for now that might put him uh, as the favorite, at least to lead the team. We'll see if he can win the league. But who who are you betting to to maybe win a batting title on this current roster of guys? If you had to, let's let's put Trevor Story to the side for right now in that conversation. Oh, oh.
2: I don't know that yeah. I would take anybody. I mean, Tapia is you have to. somewhere near the, the top rules. of that
0: list.
2: <laughs> yeah, Tapia is insane. Would be in the in the top five of this, but I, I mean, okay. I, I don't know that I would take any of them. I I might choose to save my money.
1: <laughs> we got we got someone, Jonathan Daza. We got a little Sam Hilliard. All right, yeah, these, these guys are gonna get an players. opportunity. And and again, we know they need to. Particularly, Hilliard needs to cut down on his strikeouts, and so um, you know he's he's got a way to go to to do that. But certainly, you know, could could be a guy that that leads the league in slugging if if things go right, but uh, a lot needs to happen for these lost boys, for sure. Was there anything else from the, the health and safety protocols, Hunter, that you saw that was an interesting wrinkle? Were you, you glad to see that the seven-inning headers are back? You know, the, the California extra inning rule with the runner on second base, uh, just kind of necessary, just it is what it is?
2: Uh, the most interesting thing that I saw, which isn't even necessary, for it's not a rule even for the season, but most interesting thing that I saw is spring training for the beginning part. They're going to allow teams to play either five or seven or some combination of those, or to call off an inning after twenty pitches. They are changing all sorts of stuff in spring training. So just if you go to a game, look alive for the rules for that game. You 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 may not know them unless I don't know. you Twitter because I'm sure they'll they'll have to be known before the game but stuff like that to me is interesting I I think that Mm -hmm. it's awesome that they're going to let guys um, go and eat outdoors um, just in like hearing some of the stories and the ways that you know guys were forced to stay in the hotel and the um, you know the policing of that like that had to be tough um and you know the restrictions that i think the part that that i don't think we even think about is just the baseball player is one thing but they have a family too and so the wife and the kids and you know maybe they have a a nanny that takes care of the kids all those people are having restrictions basically put on them for what they can do to keep the baseball player safe Um, and to not do things and to not you know risk getting you know COVID. And so like that, that's a tough thing. And and for those guys, like to say that they should have done um, like a bubble environment or that they should do a bubble environment for 162 games is, is a crazy thing to me. And so I, I have a lot of respect for those guys and the way that they were able to pull it off. And I think if you look at, you know, some of the other sports, I mean, hockey has blown the numbers out of the water. There were tons and tons of infections in, in football. Now they never missed a game, which, you know, if you, if you watch the the Broncos game, I was going to say Broncos
0: fans (laughs) (laughs) know all about that Broncos
2: Broncos Saints was, uh, should have been that game, but they never did. And they had all these infections. And to think that while baseball last year did have, you know, a number of infections, they really had two outbreaks. Um, and so that, that is impressive and the way that they have sort of shifted this year to you know as we learn more and more about the way that the virus spreads and stuff like that there you know it's a 10-day lockdown the teams are going to go on and hopefully you know you have leaders in the room and you know guys that that get on everybody on these teams to make sure that that they don't pass that i mean you know just thinking about like the justin turner situation last year with with duck it's right. it's crazy and to think about you know in in the Rockies clubhouse Bud black's there and i mean he's got the age factor so you have to and and a number of coaches you too for the rockies so you know if you bring something into the into the clubhouse it can spread very quickly and so those are the things that you know it's tough and so I, i'm very appreciative of what everybody was going to do and i don't think that it should be lost the commitments and uh, sacrifices that the families, as well as the players, made.
0: So, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, in fact, actually, uh, since you were talking about you know the people being able to go out to eat and not being a good situation, I think that's a good time for me to mention our friends at Hassel Cattle Company. If you are staying in to eat, get a little Wagyu beef. From Hassel Cattle Company. My open challenge remains open. A few people have told me they've gotten some steaks, gotten some of that bacon, maybe the ground chuck or the the ground beef. Still five star reviews across the board. I'm still waiting for one person to tell me that this hasn't been incredibly tasty beef. And the best things about it are that it's hormone free, that free range beef out there. They're treating the cattle well, that treats the environment well. well and it treats your wallet well they're not charging you ridiculous prices for this stuff in fact when you go and check for the pretty regular promos you end up spending less than you would at the grocery store so go to hassle cattle company that's h-a-l-s-e-l-l-cattlecompany.com dnvr10 you'll save 10 percent off your order and 200 bucks which again i highly recommend because not only do you get with that order you just get a whole bunch of really good beef and you don't have to go beef for quite a while so uh the the challenge open getting nothing but five star reviews try it tell me it's not absolutely delicious and and worth every penny
1: bacon covered meatballs and make it happen people let's see those picks. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm saying that's right Send, send us on uh, Twitter. You got to hit us up. So uh, there was one thing I wanted to ask you about, Hunter, before we let you out of here as somebody who, um, you know, I, I I sometimes walk over this line too, but I spend much more time of it on the other side of it. A, a Rockies person among Rockies people talking to people who mostly know the Rockies. And then every once in a while, especially like, uh, you know, in certain situations, I end up where Now, I'm the representative of the Rockies, and you live in that world a lot more often, where you're among all the other baseball people, when there's the Rockies take, they need need to know, what. and there's been this whole Hall of Fame thing going on, we've seen what happened, Larry Walker finally getting in, Todd Helton with this huge surge this year, Um, what have you seen from these people who are great baseball people, but not necessarily the most educated Rockies people. And, and the way that their attitudes and opinions and the conversations they've had with you about these two players have evolved over this last you know, half to full decade. <laughs> yeah, I would first start by saying
2: that I'm not sure that the baseball writers are wrong. I think Todd Helton is close to the line of a Hall of Fame player. He's he's not a surefire guy to me, so I think that the where he is is it, sort of fair. Um, you know, the evaluation of Coors Field and the way that it impacts players, I think has sort of only become it, it, it's becoming more known. Um, it definitely even within the last five years, uh, the, the major impact that it has, and you know, seeing. Even within the last, since the Nolan Arenado trade and the way that it has been written about, and the way that people talk about Nolan's drop in batting average on the road versus at home, uh, starts to speak to some of the understanding. And I, I give baseball writers a lot of credit. Um, most of them are very well versed in that kind of a stuff. Um, the Hall of Fame crowd is not necessarily all current baseball writers that are voting. So whether they all know that kind of stuff, you know, that's a, that's a fair criticism, but I would say that the ones that are doing baseball every day know the way that the cores impacts guys. And to say that it is a hitters park. while it is, there are more friendly hitter environments in baseball. I don't think anybody would dispute that at this point. Like the way that the cores plays with, you know, the bright barrier and anything like that, like, it's become a little bit of a more fair park, but the other part is just how hard it then becomes when you go on the road to adjust. And the impact it has on your batting average is more than just it's harder to hit outside of course field. That's that's not it. It's the breaks that right. the balls take more or less of when you go between the two of them. It's that kind of an adjustment. And there's no way to even really – prepare for that until you get into a game and you're going against pitchers that are the best in the world and you're seeing guys that are throwing 100 miles an hour and that have huge breaking balls and everything like that like that that part i think has sort of become more known and more accepted and so you know todd's going to continue to go up and but, but he did not I don't know. I would tend to say he he maybe ends up on the wrong side of getting 75%. I I just think that that's, will there be enough people that continue to come over to the side of Todd Helton? Um, While the numbers of, excuse me, voters go down basically every year as they sort of kick out guys that aren't covering the sport as much or that may not have that knowledge, that should be a helpful thing for Todd. Um, But you know, I also then think that the number of pluses that he gets, the number of votes he picks up is is probably likely to go down because those minds may be harder to change um, because of, of who they are and who the, the voter base is um, in general. Uh, I think that, like, you know, as far as trying to understand the Rockies, a lot of it is, you know, if you were going to make, make the case – for trading for Nolan Arenado at a lower price, you can easily say he, he's going to come to St. Louis and hit worse here. Like, we're not getting as good of a player. <laughs> you know, there are people that probably would fall for that argument. Some of them might, you know, be in the front office and and owning the Rockies. Who knows? Um, but, like, that, that kind of a thing as far as the baseball world and the impact of, of cores and, and the hitting is – you know, the old the old adage about how great it is to hit a course field. While it is, it's also harder when you go on the road to maintain those things. And so, therefore, you know, there's a lot of give and take in that.
1: I think there might be even a correlation between what Nolan does in St. Louis this year and helping Helton's cause. I think that will, you know, further bring it to, you know, the the forefront, this idea that, Oh, you know what? Yeah, you know you're you're gonna lose you know lose a couple points on your uh, batting average on balls in play. Your BABIP's gonna go down because the outfield's not as large in in St. Louis uh, and the other NL Central uh, you know ballparks. But look at what he does on the road. Oh wow, he took a step up, and I, I think that that's gonna help the conversation probably a lot more than than Lemahieu because that wasn't the conversation with Lemahieu quite as much. It was just oh, he's better than we thought, and he's hitting a lot more home runs. He magically has more power. And, you know, Drew did a good job, you know, kind of looking into that and saying, well, you know, a lot of that has to do with, you know, hitting the opposite way and, and going to the uh, the short porch and right field at Yankee Stadium. So again, although we've, we've sure. seen guys be successful outside of cores, Matt Holliday, and their Cardinals guy who was able to do it, it, it hasn't fully, you know, taken flight. It hasn't totally been grasped on by the national media. And so no one can actually help that, I think, in a lot of ways and and maybe garner a few extra voters in Helton's corner if, if things go well for him.
2: I think that's a fair point too. I mean, if you just try to think of examples, I think you're sort of hard pressed to find a guy other than DJ maybe, who's a freak on his own, who got better or even tended to be about the same of a hitter after he left the Rockies. I'm trying to think of Guys oh, like I've that, got a long like, list of you them, you know,
1: none of them okay. superstars, but still guys that, you know, yeah. I mean, holiday was one, I think holiday that, you know, was, was changed. the
0: main one who put up sure. better OPS plus WRC plus numbers, all that stuff. Uh, Post Uh Walker was obviously older, but still his OPS plus WRC plus numbers are the Dexter Fowler's one of the major ones where his numbers all go up. Uh, Juan Pierre back in the day I'm reaching back but still <clears throat> his numbers all go up um, he actually had
1: a uh, higher slugging percentage
0: yeah
1: he, he well, well actually it was right. somewhat close he had a, right. almost the same believe it or not in Miami as Colorado it's uh, a fun one
0: yeah uh, and then there's a, a pretty solid list of guys who were better hitters b- before they came to Colorado and then they came here and we're bad but that's that's i think kind of sure. a different thing right that's, <laughs> that's a different thing. Well, yeah, the assumption the, <laughs> right Free
1: agents so we're talking <laughs> yeah. about free agents huh?
0: <laughs> but i mean guys who have really good resumes as as hitters and should have come here and hit and for no particular reason other than and i think a lot of it has to do with hunters well, hunters talking about here whether you we want to call it the hangover effect or we started trying to call it the margin of error there for a little while whatever you want to call it like it's tough for a new guy to adjust to and it's just like wait all of a sudden i can't hit on the road what's going on here so uh yeah i i i think you're both right though in that and and maybe you're you're winning me over here because i've been so jaded about this i'm like No, Nolan will be fantastic, and the narrative will be the same thing, which is that he's better now that the Cardinals brain trust because they're such a better-run organization. They unlocked an unhidden potential in Nolan Arenado, and now he's finally the elite player he could have been all along, but the Rockies were holding him back. and, And I hope you're both right that some people stop and go, oh, also maybe the fact that he just is in a much more consistent environment is allowing him to to do these things. So Hunter, I, I hope you're right about that. You're, you're winning me over. You're making me feel much better about that narrative because it's bothersome.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think you can't argue with no one had a bad year last year. He had an injury. I mean, right. I think that's a, it's as simple as that for last year, but if you go back years before he is an elite player. So, I mean, to think that the Cardinals are going to be able to get more than that out of him would be, if they do, I mean, they probably deserve some amount of credit for because he was a great player. Um, And yeah, like you said, you know, when Daniel Murphy came to the Rockies, dude can, dude could hit like, so what happened? I mean, any of that stuff is is sort of a question mark as to was age, was it just straight decline or was it part of that, you know, decline factor of going from wars to somewhere else t- to try and hit it. It's more difficult. Same thing, even, um, you know, could be said, even a guy like Ian Desmond, I mean, he, right. he wasn't at the level of Daniel Murphy, um, but th- the guy had a number of productive years. Now he then got older also, but he, he ran into the same thing. So there has to be some evaluation of, why that happened i mean but then you have a guy like dj who comes here and all of a sudden explodes and has continued to explode so you know where does it come you know where does it come from it's there's that it's a combination of things i don't think you can ever say really it was one thing or the mm-hmm. other or that you know if circumstances hadn't been different it would have been the same so dj Lemay me he was an exploder
1: what can we say dude explodes <laughs> dude explodes.
0: Uh, DJ was the one that blew my mind the most Though when we, di- when we dove into those stats. I was like, he's the exact same hitter in every way. His barrel percentage, his exit velocity, the spread charts. I dove I really looked Hunter for like, you know what the difference is? Right field is 20 feet closer, and there's a, a lot lower too there. Yeah. that's it. Yeah. that is it. Uh, and and like, and I get that all those home runs count, but it's like, man, I think uh, we're we're wrapping up here, but this has been something I've talked about a little bit in the off season. The rocks have to make the outfield smaller. Like we talk about all these, you know, people (laughs) want revolutionary changes, like fire the GM and sell the team. And I'm like, I'm okay. I'm for all of it at this point. Um, but I think like, really make the outfield smaller can we start there can we stop making these guys who already play at altitude and have to deal with the hangover also have to patrol the biggest outfield in the history of ever and just like i think it's second actually in baseball but it's still it's just it's ridiculous and so uh, i don't know where you stand on that but i'm ready for a remodel down there at 20th and blake
2: <laughs> i mean it is interesting that there's no denying that that outfield is huge um and the type of players that it takes i mean I think you could argue that it has been one of the reasons that Charlie has declined, um, you know, because he's been forced to play it, you know. He would, so, I bet if he was sitting here right this, now,
0: he would tell you that.
2: Yeah, it's it's a tough place to, to have to play every day or, or, you know, 82, 81 days. So like that part is, is tough. And so you sort of have to expect that. And again, that's sort of where depth is one of those things and having a guy, like who who can just straight up play the outfield and where they're missing a center fielder this year, like a guy like JBJ or somebody that can just go and get it, is an important piece. And he's not going to hit if he hits better than 240, but he's playing a great center field. It helps both of the other outfielders, and B the the value is more than just a batting average at that point, especially in this outfield, and. You know, um, yeah. we ha- we had Ian Happ on the other day and he was talking about how, you know, outs above average and some of the defensive metrics don't adjust for whether you, you play a guy right. Like whether you're right. positioned correctly. And so, you know, you might have a a routine catch because you were playing him more correctly. Whereas you're not going to get a five-star catch because you didn't have to fly to the other side of the field because you hadn't played right. And so like part of that is, is for this outfield and trying to figure out what that right mix is. And it's helpful to have a guy in center who can do that kind of a thing. And then you're not asking as much for him, um, you know, with when he's at, at the dish. And so that's where Charlie would have been in a, a tough spot for all those years where you know he's he's having to do all of that on defense and then still come up and and hit 300 and and do all that stuff. You can see why a guy would decline um you know doing that.
0: Yep, we've uh we've seen it. We <laughs> we watched it watch it have a front a front row seat for that and uh yeah, I don't think he's the only one so well, man. There, there are any other things I, I'd love to get your insights on. We'll have to have you back on it. This has been a lot of fun, man.
2: Appreciate it.
0: So, uh, why don't you plug literally anything and everything you want? Take a couple of minutes before we sign off here and let the people know your stuff.
2: Uh, well, you should listen to Power Alley on uh, MLB Network Radio, Sirius XM, uh, Sirius 209, XM 89. Uh, that's all I have. Um, I would just say um, the one thing, if I, if I had to give one piece of advice to the Rockies, what I think that they should do is they should go outside of the organization to hire a team present, um, somebody that is in baseball, yeah. that knows baseball, that can act as um, sort of a, a bridge between ownership and and. Job. Uh, and filter some of those things, and you know, hopefully, try to get more than 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 what has been going on, or do more. Rockies are a team that that doesn't fire people, so a lot of their they, they haven't fired anybody since Clint Hurdle. That's that's a true fact. Um, so, like having an outside idea and having an outside voice and having somebody that hasn't been in the organization would be something that I think would be productive for the team um, and bringing some new people in, some people that have experience in baseball uh, would be a, a invaluable in just how much it could impact. And it should be something that both Jeff and, and um, the ownership can learn from. Like there are a number of guys who have been around baseball, a Dan Duquette type who, you know, has done everything started with the expos has rebuilt teams has had playoff teams you know guys like that that could bring expertise and knowledge to this organization that is not something that currently exists in this organization
1: all right jim duquette we're ready i know you got his number we're we're, we're gonna make it happen we're gonna we'll have our people call your people and maybe we'll finally get a team present. i think that's definitely I need you
2: take Jim away from me? I said his cousin
1: Dan, but oh that's true. <laughs> oh. well, thank you so much, Hunter. We appreciate you joining us for this. Well we'll definitely have to have you back. We we you seem to be lockstep with a lot of things. And like and Rhyme Altopia is a big one for us here on the DNVR Rockies podcast. Recognizing the need for a team president, obviously. Incredibly valuable, so uh, you are right there with us. So we we do greatly appreciate you coming on at Hunter underscore Riser. I am at Patrick D Lyons. Our guy at Drew Kreisman. Follow us at DNVR underscore Rockies. Uh, we appreciate you listening and support all of our sponsors because they support us. So we greatly appreciate that. Of course, I'm going to stay Patrick Lyons. He's going to stay Hunter. Drew, he's somewhere out there in the ether. He's going to stay who he is. And until then, of course, we will see you at the ballpark.